We are going to be learning Lukutisichas, Chelukutas, Parshas Kisavai Chai Elo. This is a beautiful Sicha. It's a Sicha that explains many concepts in Chesidus. And the main Sugis that we'll be discussing this week will be the idea of Pnimius and Chesonius and how that relates to the concept of Chayas. And that the idea of Pnimius, the idea of Chayas, it becomes one. Parintzigzech becomes one with the item that it's giving life to. And then we also explain the difference between the Avoida of the Baal Shem Tev and also the Avoida of the Alter Rebbe and how it relates to Chayelo and this week's Parsha. So we're going to start from Sivdalad. And Sivdalad tells us that the Gilutaris of, Ch- of Chassidus is a Khan of Pabias Mashiach. Because until the time of Bias Mashiach, what's revealed in the world is Chitzoni Asatik. But the gili of Mashiach will be a gili of Pnimi Asatik. And therefore, since Chassidus is Hachana for the gili of Mashiach, therefore there must be that in the Chassidus itself that it has an ain from Pnimi Asatik. Because since Chassidus is a Hachana for the Pnimi Asatik, it must mean that the avoid of Chassidus has an ain from this in of Pnimi Asatik. And the idea is that Chassidus brings in a pnimius, is a, brings a pnimius into the Avaidus Adam. And through bringing a pnimius into the Avaidus Adam, through that you're able to be mamshech, the pnimius atik. So what we need to understand is, what exactly is pnimius atik? We also need to understand what it says in Lukut Teterah. Lukut Teterah tells us that pnimius atik is kule pnim, the aim loi bechinus achrayim klal, that, that pnimius atik is completely inward, and it doesn't have any achrayim, it doesn't have any external aspects to it at all. So we need to understand what that means, and we also need to understand what is the idea of Pnim, and what's the idea of Acharai. And of course, how does that relate to the Gilead of Chassidus? So in general, what is Pnimius and what is Chatsonius? Chatsonius, the Indian of Chatsonius is how, you are, how something is shaykh is something else, while Pnimius is how the item is for itself. Let's say a person. So the Pnimius is how you are for yourself, while the chitzonius of the person is how you connect to others. And in the idea of pnimius and chitzonius, there could be many different levels of pnimius and chitzonius. For example, let's give an example, a postural example. Let's say you have a chocolate bar. So a chocolate bar is made up of many different ingredients. So what's the pnimius of a chocolate bar? So you can say the pnimius, of course, is the chocolate. So if you take the chocolate bar and you break up and separate all the ingredients out of it, You'll remove the water, you'll remove the milk, you'll remove the sugar and everything else which is there. And you go back to the panemius, which is the cocoa. So the panemius of cocoa is the cocoa. But if you look at the cocoa itself, that's panemius relative only to the chocolate bar in general. But with the cocoa itself, you're, there's also panemius and chatsayimius. Because in the cocoa, you're able to separate from it the water, which is in it. You're able to separate it. As we know, cocoa, which is grown in different uh, areas in the world, has slightly different flavors and different um, uh, minerals that it gets from the uh, area where it grows. So if you're able to separate every, all the external aspects of the cocoa itself, then you'll get to the essence of what the cocoa is. And that's called the essence of cocoa, cocoa essence. So that shot of, of essence, when you have an essence, it means how the item is for itself. So the essence of cocoa is how the cocoa is for itself, without any other ingredient mixed inside. So what happens, let's say if you take this cocoa essence and you mix it with something else, then of course you don't just have cocoa essence over here, you also have other ingredients 
mixed in. Essence means how it is by itself. Once there's something else mixed in, then already it's not the essence. But within this, we can look at a few different points. First of all, even when you, when you take the essence and you mix it in with other items again, it always remains the essence. Baharaya, because you're able to remove it. You're able to purify it again. You remove everything else and the essence will be there again. So the essence always remains the essence. Even when you mix other things in there, how the cocoa is for itself always remains that way. You can never get rid of that unless you destroy the cocoa. But assuming that you're not destroying the cocoa, the cocoa will always, the essence of cocoa always remains the essence of cocoa. So that brings us to a second point, is that even when the cocoa is mixed with other items, it's still always somewhat separated from them. Because how the cocoa is for itself never completely becomes mixed or changed because of these other items. It always remains how it is on its own. And the third detail that's important is nobody could really appreciate the essence of the cocoa. Because even when you taste, let's say you take the essence of cocoa and you taste it, that's not really the essence of cocoa because it's already something else mixed in. There's you who's tasting it and then there's the cocoa itself. So by the very fact that you're tasting it, there's your taste buds and how you're relating to the cocoa is not really the cocoa itself. And even more than that, even looking at the cocoa essence is not really, it already changes. We know it's in physics that when you look at something, that already causes certain changes to the item that you're looking at. So when you, the essence of cocoa can never be appreciated from anything which is outside of it. So the closest we can get to the essence of, let's say, the chocolate bar would be the essence of cocoa. But even that is not the true essence. We cannot appreciate it because when you look at it, you're changing it. When you're tasting it, it's already a change. The only one that can really know what the essence of cocoa is, is really the cocoa itself. The cocoa is the essence of cocoa. It is the only one that really knows what it is because anybody else that's looking at it, it's already how it's tried to something else. So the essence of cocoa would really be how it's on its own without any outward connection to it. So the chitzonius is what we're able to appreciate. But the panemius, and if, especially when you look at the essence of the panemius, that's only the item itself is able to uh, understand or know because it is how it is for itself. That is pshat, panemius. Pshat the panemius is how the item is for itself without anything else being mixed in, without it changing or giving off some reflection of itself to someone else. Let's look at another muscle, maybe a deeper muscle. Let's, let's go back to the, the, the person. So what is the essence of a human being? So the call, of course, would be is, if you're able to remove or change a certain aspect of that individual and he still remains a human, that means that's not the essence of who he is. So for example, if you, since you can remove a, a person's leg, obviously the leg's not the essence of the person. You can, you can give a person a heart transplant. So even the heart's not the essence. So the only thing that you cannot remove, of course, would be the brain. So what's the panemius of the person? The panemius of the person would be the brain, while the chitzayinus would be all the other parts of the body. But you could go even deeper than that, because we know a person when a person passes away, he's, he's still alive. He has a nasham. His, his consciousness is still around. His, his conscious life force, his nasham, his, his conscious life force is still alive, is still around. So the panemius of the person is not even the brain. The panemius of the persons would be the con that conscious life force that still remains even afterwards. So he's still a person even then. And if you want to go even deeper, even the consciousness of a person, there's so many levels. As we even know, there's the conscious, there's the subconscious. And Hasidus explains that there's five levels to the neshama, the nefesh ruach, uh, nefesh, nefesh ruach neshama So there's many different levels of consciousness, subconsciousness that a person has. 
And of course, the deeper you go means that if you can change something, that means that's not the essence of who it is. If you're able to change it, or if it changes based on the surroundings, that means not that that's not the essence. So the consciousness or the subconscious of a person is able to be changed based on experiences that he had in life, traumas, happy occasions, whatever it is, that means it's not truly the essence of the person because it's how the person is uh, mixed or connected or is changing based on his surroundings. So the true essence of the person is how the person will be on his own without any external type of uh, changes or, or, or something mixing or having some type of effect on him. That would be the essence of the person, how the person is on its own without anything else which is uh, changing him. So Lashrikha said this, of course, that would be the Yechida, that what is the essence, what is the consciousness, the deepest consciousness of the person, that who is truly this person without any type of, of uh, uh, changes that are happening to him, that would be the Yechida. That's the essence of what the person is. That can never be changed. What exactly is the Yechida? So the truth is the only one that can really know the Yechida is the person. You're the only one that can truly know yourself. And when I say that you know yourself, I don't mean in a way of intellectually knowing oneself. A person might not know what his, what, what's in his subconscious or what's in the higher levels of the Neshama. But you won't know it in a way of logic, of Tambadas. But you know it because that's who you are. So you know what you are because you are that individual. So it's not in a way of knowledge of Tambadas. But it's a way of that's you are that thing, therefore you know what it is, uh, essentially. So even when you go back to the essence, the essence of the person being again, that's what you are without any type of external effects on you, any type of changes. How you'd be in a uh, uh, when you were a yachid, when you're alone, the only one who would know that would be you, because you are that yachida ultimately. So we know that Chesidus does tell us some information about this yachida. So we do know what what is the makeup of the Yechida. We know certain inyanim of the Yechida. Again, to know it and understand it, you have to be that Yechida. So only you can know yourself. But there are certain aspects of the Yechida that we, that Chassidus has told us certain inyanim that the, that, that the Yechida has. Some of the main things, of course, is of course that it's united and one with Hashem. The Yechida is one with Hashem. It's united with Hashem. There's a second aspect is that the Yechida is right It wants to live. It has to live. A third aspect that sometimes spoke about a chesidus is the idea of a dira. It wants to have a home. And of course, that's all connected because the yechida is one with Hashem. Therefore, just like Hashem is a mechuyi v'metzias, it always lives. Hashem is, uh, you can't do a vaydazar because you're one with Hashem. And of course, the idea of a dira b'tachtaynim, all of these things are because you're one with Hashem. Therefore, the essence of Hashem is the same as your essence. And that is what Hashem truly desires. And that, of course, goes into the idea of the true choice of Hashem, the true choice of Hashem, uh, true choice is ultimately to make a choice based on what you truly, who you truly are, what you truly want. So when you say that you have Bechir Chavshis, Bechir Chavshis is ultimately what, what are you in your essence? And based on that, that's how you make your choice and not in any type of external factors. Because most choices are made based on circumstances, based on different aspects of yourself, different... Um, scenarios that you had in your life, but what would you, what choice would you make if it was just you without anything external imposing its, 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 its desires or its will or its influences on you? That's the concept of Bechir Chachis. Therefore, in Chassidus, when it says Bechir Chachis, you need to have, Bechir Chachis can only be on two things which are equal. What it's really trying to tell, it doesn't mean it has to be equal. Like, 
It does, it, it's not the vort that it's only if it's equal, then you have Bechir Chachas. It means it's equal, then you can, it's, you're able to see how it was Bechir Chachas. That's why you made a particular choice. Because Bechir Chachas is really the choice that you would make without any type of external factors. So technically, Bechir Chachas could be with two items, and one item is much better than the other, and your Bechir Chachas could choose the better item. But we don't call that Bechir Chachas is because it seems like externally that the reason why you're choosing that is because, oh, that has, of course you chose that because it has a, a certain Mila to it. But the truth is, even if it didn't have any mailas, you'd still choose it because that's who you are essentially. And that's why Hashem chooses the Jewish people. What's the mail of the Jewish people over the non-Jewish people? Uh, there is no mila. So why is Hashem choosing us? It's because essentially Hashem is one with us. That is who Hashem is. So the Bechira comes not from any external factors. It comes because that is the essence of Hashem. The etzim of Hashem, which is how He is, the gather of the etzim is how it is for itself without any external factors, is that the Yidin are one with Hashem. And, therefore, and, and, and the choice of choosing Hashem is, is part of who Hashem is. So now, we could take this to a deeper level. Let's take it also to entire Vayda Sa'adam. So that's how now we know that the Chetzanius and Pneumius is, and we have some examples of it. Let's see how that reflects itself also in Vayda Sa'adam. So when a person does something with the Chetzanius, means that he's only, it's, that item is not really part of him. So he's involved in it only with the external parts of his self. How, meaning is how he connects to that item. So first of all, it's only with the parts of the Nisham that can connect to something else. So for example, you can't connect to something with your Machshava, you can only connect with your Deber and your Maisen. So when you're connecting with somebody, that's would be with your Deber, or would be with your actions, or would it be with your Machshava? And even this that you connect with them, it's not going to be the essence of those particular Kaychas, it's only how those Kaychas are able to connect to, to something else. So let's say emotions. So you love someone. You can't give that person, you can't reflect the essence of your emotion to that individual. No, but what you can reflect to that person is the parts of the emotion which are shy to someone else. How the emotion changes based on who that person is. So what you're able to um, reveal and connect to somebody else, again, would be parts of your neshama, which are essentially connected and are shaykh to azula, shaykh to someone else or something which is outside of you. And even those parts itself, it's only how those parts of your neshama would be connected to something, uh, someone else. So if it's your emotion, it won't be the essence of your emotion. It's only the parts of your feelings that you're able to express to someone else. You can't express the essence of what you're feeling. I mean, if you really want to go deep, the essence of a person's emotions is, is, it might be even higher uh, than connected to any particular person. But even how the emotion is within a person, that he has a very powerful emotion, he can't give that completely over, the full emotion to someone else. He could say it in words, he can say it in actions, only a, a reflection, only that part of the emotion which is shy to someone else is he ultimately able to give over. So when you're connecting to the idea of chatsonius is that you and that other thing always remain something separate. And therefore the way that you're connecting is in a way that you can only give over external parts of yourself. And the truth is even how that individual or that item takes and receives what you're giving would not even be the, it would only be how they themselves connect to it. So if I say words of love to a second individual, so that would not reflect the essence of what my love is. It would reflect a certain, uh, what I'm able to express. And that person hears those words of love. They will translate it 
to themselves how they understand and how what it means to them. So there's constantly this change. So there's always remaining two things. There's me, and then there's that other item. But when we're looking at panemius, seeing the gather of panemius is how you are for yourself, without anything being mixed within it. So therefore, the only true way to do something with your panemius is only when that second item is not really a second item, but that, that second item is really one with you. It's for with them. It's one mitzias. Let's give it a mashal. What does that mean to work with your panemius? That uh, the, when you're uh, revealing your panemius or you're, 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 you're doing something with your panemius, that means you and that item are one. What, let's give some mashal. Let's say in a situation of pekuch nafesh. Right? So pekuch nafesh would not, is not, uh, at least a physical pekuch nafesh, reveals your etzim. It doesn't reveal the yechida necessarily. When we're saying the atzim, it means the, the conscious life force in the person. It will reveal his nisham, his desire to live in this physical world. So it reveals a, a certain aspect of the atzim, the atzim of how a person is in this world, which is his, his instinct to live. So when a person's atzim, his pekuch nafsh becomes revealed, let's say someone's uh, chasing him to kill him. So he runs faster. He thinks faster. He's able to jump faster. How is he able to do all these things? How is he able to run faster? How is he stronger, thinking faster? It's because once the etzim of the person's revealed, that energy goes into all the different parts of him and automatically changes them. How does it change it? Because it, it, it's a reflection of who, who he is. But let's explain this a bit better. So let's say in a regular situation, you want to run faster. You're exercising, you want to run faster. So you and your legs or you and that, the exercise are really two different things. You don't want to do the exercise, but you know it's healthy. So you push yourself to do more than what you truly want. So if you need to push yourself to do something, that means there's two parts there. There's you, and then there's the pushing of yourself. There's your desire to be healthy, and then, and then there's the other parts of you that maybe aren't so interested. Which is, so therefore, there's two parts. There's you, and then there, there needs to be that push. Therefore, there's an exertion which is going on. In a situation, your body and you are completely one. Your entire body is not that you have to convince your body, run faster, try harder, think faster. It's automatic. Why? Because when, the, when your panemius is involved in something, it becomes one with it. So when your panemius, which in this situation means not just, oh, I want to be healthier. That's not your... By exercise, when you want to just be healthier, that's not the panemius of who you are. That's your, uh, let's say your seichel talent talking to you. Your seichel says, you know what, it makes more sense to work out, but then you have your, 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 your laziness and other parts of you are saying, yeah, I'm not so interested. So there's this battle going on between these two parts of you. So therefore, there's one thing trying to be much beyond the other. So the seichel can't explain, uh, you know, can't convince uh, your laziness to necessarily, you know, through seichel. It, it can, the, the seichel might completely understand why it's good to work out, but your body doesn't understand that. It only knows the command. The seichel gives the chutzonis, which is, this is healthy, this is a smart thing to do, run faster. And it pushes it. It's giving its chutzonis. But when it's a situation of kuch nefesh, it's not the seichel telling the body to work harder. It's his life force. It's, it's who you are, your consciousness. Your, your neshama is saying, we, we got to do something. The neshama is the essence of every part of you. Therefore, when the neshama is revealed that we need to, the adrenaline is rushing through you, what that truly is, is, is that the neshama is becoming one in a revealed way with every part of you. The neshama is giving the command. When the, so, so it's not even shot the command. That's not the right word. It's not a command. 
it's that when the neshama is revealed, all the parts of the body are one with the neshama, and therefore the neshama wants to survive. Therefore, all the parts of the body want to survive. So it's not one saying, I want to survive, the other part like, yeah, but I'm lazy. The entire body wants to survive. So the entire body is one with the neshama and one with that desire to, to, to survive, and therefore it runs faster, thinks faster, everything uh, that, that goes with it. So let's look at it, maybe a, a deeper example. Let's let's look at an example of a vaydazar. When a person put, is put into a situation of of uh, a vaydazar, so it tells us in Chassidus, nishter vil nishter ken. A yid doesn't want, a yid can't, and he also doesn't want to do a vaydazar. What does it mean? He, he doesn't he doesn't want to, and he can't do a vaydazar, because when you look, what is the essence of a yid? When we say that a yid can't, what we're talking about over there, we're talking about the essence of a yid, because of course physically. There's many yidin that have done a vaydazar. Even says the Chavai Hanani Mishol Vazariah, where Tzadikim, I want them, Mesir's Nefesh, not to do a vaydazar. They got thrown into the burning furnace. It says if they would have been tortured for weeks on end, they eventually would have given in. Why? Because there's still a body, and the body can only handle so much. But when we're talking about the Yechida, who the essence of the person is, the essence of the person cannot be changed by what's by external factors, as we said earlier, can never be changed. This is who you are, essentially. You might be able to, and we're talking about the essence of a yid, the essence of a yid cannot be destroyed. It's not like the chocolate bar that you could maybe destroy. Essence of a yid can never be destroyed. It's one with Hashem. So if the yid is revealed, it's impossible to do a vaydazar. It's, 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 alderf dudma would be like a person saying, I'm not alive. By the very fact that you're saying you're, you're, al- you're not alive, that means you are alive. I'm not speaking. By the fact that you're saying that you're not speaking, that means you are speaking. It's impossible to go against what you are or what you're doing. So if a person says, I'm not alive, but that shows that you are alive. Ayid, essentially, he's something one that's connected to Hashem and he's one with Hashem. Avodazar means that there is no Hashem, that you're separated from Hashem. So we're talking about the etzem, the etzem, the, the gather of the etzem is how it is on its own. So it's impossible for a yid to be separated from Hashem because that is who he is. If that cannot be changed. You cannot change the essence. If it was a physical item, maybe you could destroy the essence. But this isn't even a physical item. This is how the yid is connected to the Shem, which is eternal, and it's his. So it can't be changed. So when we're getting to the essence of a yid, which is one with the Shem, it's impossible for him to go against the Shem. Therefore, it says, Ekenisht. He can't. And of course, he doesn't want to either. Because the, the whole idea of the essence is, the essence isn't influenced by anything which is outside of it. So he can't, and he doesn't want to. Because want is only because of something which is external. He wants to do something because of something which is external. The essence doesn't change because of things which are external, something which is outside of it. So that would be, again, another example how the essence is uh, uh, cannot be affected by something else. Okay, so let's just summarize what we've said so far, different points um, that we've mentioned. So we explain, started explaining the idea of primis and chitzonius. And we explained that the chitzonius is ultimately how, how you connect to something else. And by the very gather of the Indian chitzonius, that means you're changing. There are certain changes that happens to a person based on who, he, who he's connecting or what he's trying to connect to or what he's transferring. There could only be, you can only give over that which is chitzonius. You can never go give over the essence. Every individual, every item is different. So by the very gather, if I'm giving a dvar seichel to you, I think differently than you. There needs to be changes that are going on. That's the idea of chitzayimis. How the thing changes for something else. Panemius is the gather. When you get at least to the essential, the more 
the essence of what panemius is, is how the item is for itself. How the item is for itself can never change. Because that's the gather of panemius is how it is for itself. So either if it's something physical, maybe you could destroy it. But if you change the essence, then that shows that whatever really was the essence of that item. And the essence of the Yidav, of course, this that he's one and united with Hashem. And, that, and therefore that can never change. And we also discussed a second point, which was that when the Panemius does involve itself with something else, that's impossible. It cannot involve itself with something else. The Panemius is how the item is for itself. So when we're saying that you're, use, you're, you're involved with something you're with your Panemius, what that means is that that other thing is really one with who you are. And the muscle that we gave is the muscle of Pukuf Nafesh, that when you're running faster, thinking faster, it's not that you're using your chutzenius to run faster. It's because you want to live, and therefore the entire body wants to live. So the body running faster is not something else. It's you. The whole body is one with you. The whole body wants to run faster. So let's look at this, how this connects to the union of, of Chassidus. So we said the Uftu of Chassidus is that it's Megala, the Nekud Sachai of a Yid, Chassidus reveals the, the essential life of a Yid and his uh, entire mitzvah. So what is the idea of, of, of life? So the Kavan of Chais is that energy makes you one with something else, which is, which is taking us to the next point, how the chayas is how the etzem, like we're discussing how that when you, when you, when you work with the panemius with something else, you're really one with that other item. How does that work? How do you become one with something else? So the reasoning how you're becoming one with something else is because of the energy of the soul. The energy of the neshama brings other things and makes it one with it. So you have the, for example, the body. So the body and the neshama are really they're two, two separate two separate things. There's the body is, is a physical uh, matter, and, and which has its own source of how it's made. And then of course you have the neshama, which is godly. These are two different sources. The neshama does not create the body. The neshama does give life to the body. But once the neshama is within the body, it's giving life to the body. The the the, the body itself is living. It says in Chassidus, the guf itself nasachai. The goof itself becomes alive. What does that mean that it becomes alive? Is that the body itself wants to live, wants to survive. Because when the neshama is revealed with the, within the body, it's not the pshat that the neshama is giving commands or telling the body to do different things. It's the desires of the neshama and the desires of the body are one. Because the neshama is giving life to the body. So the life that it puts into the body makes it one entity. So the body is an extension of what, uh, of really one neshama. There's one identity. There's one consciousness. The body wants to live. The body wants to have a house. All the desires which are natural to the neshama, the body also wants to uh, have, have those things. That's why we see that when the neshama comes into the body, it doesn't add new details to the body. That's not what the neshama does. The neshama doesn't add more details. It gives energy to what is already there. And that what is already there, the body becomes one with the neshama. That the, the body itself wants what the neshama wants. So they're becoming one. So that's, that's, the, that, that's the amazing chiddush of the idea of, of chayas, of energy, is that, that that is how the etzem, when something is an etzem, and we're talking about a yid, a neshama, 
which just, I guess, would be the difference between a yid and a shama, a life force, when we're compared to something, let's say, the chocolate, what we're giving initially. The idea of chocolate doesn't have a life force. So it always remains just the essence of it itself, but not of anything else. But when we're talking about highest energy, the power of energy is that it's able to become the life force of even something which is naturally, at least, uh, maybe when you look deeper to Chassidus, there's really a unity within everything in this world. But at least for, for today's shir, even something which looks like something separate, like the body and the neshama, once the body, the neshama is able to give life to the body, it's, it takes over the body, that the body becomes one uh, with, with the neshama. Now they all have one goal, one identity, and one desire. So Chassidus, we're saying, is the nukudus achayis of a yid in Tiramitzis. So what Chassidus is, is doing is that reveals, it, it, uh, it, it demands, and it shows the way how every single Yid can reveal his Pneumius. And the Pneumius of a Yid is that he's one with the Tyra. As we know, as we said, what is the Pneumius of a Yid? The Pneumius of a Yid is that he's one with the Shem and one with the Tyra. Rice and the Yisrael Kulichat. We're all essentially one. So we're one with the Tyra, we're one with the Shem. Therefore, Hashem's desire of a Ptach Kleidim is truly our desire. The desire of the Tyra is also our desire. We are all one. So when it's revealed within us, the Nekudah Sechais, that we're one with the Torah, one with the Shem, this that we do Torah Mitzvah, this that we are making a Deir is not something that we're forced to do. We're, we're like a servant that's forced to do something he doesn't want. That itself is our Chais. That is our identity. Our identity becomes just like the body wants to eat food. Not because, oh, the body wants food. No, the body w- wants to eat food because it wants to live. Why does the body want to live? Because the neshama wants to live and the neshama and body are one. The reason why Yid wants to do Torah Mitzvah is because Hashem wants us to do Torah Mitzvah and we are one with Hashem. We are one with the Torah Mitzvah. This is all one. So therefore, the desire and all these things that come with it is really an union of ach. This is really the idea of, of our pinimis being revealed. And that's what Hasidus is showing us, who we truly are. And once we truly know what we are, automatically, this becomes our, uh, our energy and, and our goal. And now we can go back to the original question we had. We said Hasidus is Achada to be a Mashiach because the Hasidus is Megala the Indian of Pneumius Atik. And we asked, what does it mean that Pneumius Atik is Kule Pneum So now we can understand that. Chetsoinius Atik and all the other levels of Ishtalshlis, they have Acharayim, means is that they are a diluted form of, ener- of Hashem's energy. It's somewhat of a diluted form is because they're able to be affected and changed based on what level of Ishtalshus that they're in. If it's a level of Ratzin, if it's a level of Chachma, it's a level of Bina, it's working with something which is outside of it. So there's a certain gather, there's a certain change um, which, which is happening. At least B'chitzonius. Masha'inkin, when we're talking about Pneumiasatik, Pneumiasatik is Kulei Pnin, because Pneumiasatik is the essence of Hashem. So therefore, the essence of Hashem can never change. And therefore, what Hasidus is revealing is revealing the essence of the Yid. It's revealing the essence of Taira, and it's revealing the essence of Hashem in the world, that Enayin Mulvader, so that everything is truly Hashem. So what, what's ultimately happening is that when Hasidus is Megal the Pneumias, it's really Megal the Pneumias of the persons, Megal the Pneumias which is in the world, Megal the Pneumias of everything. Therefore, when, a, when you're doing the Torah and mitzvahs, you, you, you're, it's, you're, you're doing it because that's who you are. The, the world itself wants you to do Torah mitzvahs. The pneumius of the world, of course, is also that it's supposed to become a dirbatach titan. So Hasid is revealing how the entire purpose of existence and everything within it is, is for that dirbatach titan. 
So the world itself is pushing you. Once the panemius becomes revealed, it becomes clear. Um, everything works with that particular flow of energy. It's like, again, like a person's in a situation of Pekuach Nefesh, all the parts of him automatically are, are, are reflections of, of his desire to live. So when the Pneumius of the Yid is revealed, what he sees is, he sees this desire to make a Zibetach He sees the desire to do Tyre Mitzvahs. And now we can take this aspect of the Chayas and really break it into two parts. We know that on Chay Elul, um, there's the birthday of the Baal Shem Tov and the Alter Rebbe. So there's the Gilitaris of Baal Shem Tov, but also the Chidosh of the Gilitaris Chabad. So in the, the highest of the person, there's also two types of energy that person has, two types of uh, life force. The life force which is revealed within the person, the Neshama reveals within to the person, two types of life force. And remember, the idea of the life force is it makes you, what it, it takes the body, makes it one with the Neshama. So the body, what's interesting is we're seeing that we're going to say the neshama actually gives the body two types of life forces, which, what's called the chayis kloli, and also the chayis prati. Other places in Chassidus it calls it the chayis kloli is called the orha nefesh, and the chayis prati is called stam chayis. But either way, the chayis kloli is this that you're alive. Uh, uh, this that the person is alive. While the chayis prati is the energy which is put into every single limb, like the eye to see, the ear to hear. Uh, all the different types of energy which is inside of the, the person. So let's look at each one and discuss each one a bit more. So we're talking about the highest Kloli, that's the, that's the Gili of the Baal Shem Tif. So we're talking about the highest Kloli, that this that you're alive. So when you're alive, all limbs are equally alive. And that was the Avoid of the Baal, or let's say, let's look at another one, Pekuch Nefesh. When a person has a Pekuch Nefesh, all the limbs are equally trying to survive. They will all do their uh, job they all do whatever they can do to survive because they're just reflections of that highest quality, the life force that a person wants to live. That's the highest quality. He needs to live. It's a reflection of the etzim. The, the, the highest quality is a reflection of, of the etzim hanashama to a certain extent. It's a reflection. That's a very important word. It's a reflection. But the reflection is the desire to live. And that's equally in all the limbs of the body. And that's what the Baal Shem Tif accomplished. The Baal Shem Tif accomplished with the idea of tzaddik b'manasa yichya, that the, the tzaddik, a, a righteous person, he lives with the amuna, meaning that when a yid has amuna and Hashem, then automatically all of his avoida is be, is becoming become much different. When all he sees is Hashem and all that matters to him is Hashem, then automatically the Torah mitzvah will have a, a totally new type of energy to it. This is his life. This is the only thing which is true. He, he, it's like in a situation of pekuch nefesh that. He's to, his whole body is one with the goal. So when you have Amuna and the Ramuna is revealed in, in, in a Pneumius, in and a Pneumius, what we mean over here means that it's for it's, it's one with you. It's not something that's telling you, the Amuna is telling you, or you believe in Hashem, you should really do A, B, and C. No, you feel the Amuna. You know this is the only true thing that there is, that automatically all the parts of you want to do Hashem's Ratzah. And that was the Kili of the Baal Shem Tif. But then we reach the second level, which is the highest Prati. The highest prati is the is 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 the energy how it's uh, measured out according to each limb of the body. So to give a little hagdama, as we know that every part of the body has its own kayach. There's a certain potential. There's a certain uh, power faculty within the different parts of the body. They're able to do different things. The eye has a 
potential that has the capability to see, the ear to hear. But of course, the body, a dead body, is not able to do that on its own. It needs to have life. So the highest quality, what it gives, it just gives the body life that the body's, the person's alive. Um, but what the highest prati does is, is that it works with each individual part of the person to give that individual part also the energy that it needs. And the reason why that's important, meaning is why can't we just be that you have a highest quality and the highest quality fills the person with energy and then automatically all the different parts will work because of this highest, uh, this highest, this is energy. The reason why that's not what's happening is because if, if that's, if that would occur, that it's just the highest quality, then there's no true connection between the individual limbs and, and the person. Because highest quality means that it's not divided and not, doesn't have any separation, doesn't have the distinguishments. It's like a, you know, light, let's say you have light, for example. So the light of the sun, it could go through different types of uh, glass windows. It could be a red window, a blue window, and it will change the color based on what that window is. But that doesn't make any true difference to the sun itself what the color uh, of the light is. But when we're talking about a person, it does make a difference. That when, for example, if you have your, if you're having a pain in your finger, that pain is is uh, no, the, the brain is notified that, that that there's a pain in the finger. When you're having trouble seeing, the brain is notified about that particular uh, issues that you're having. So when we're, the reason why we have these two types of highest is the highest quality is just a general highest that comes into us that gives us life. It's a reflection of the soul that this this is, this is who you are. This is what needs to be done. This is your purpose. While the highest prati looks at the individual parts of the person and it gives them what they need and thereby since there's the, the highest prati that goes into the person, that means there's also a highest prati within the neshama. Therefore, there's a certain connection. If it was just the highest quality within the neshama and the highest quality within the person, then how would there be any type of communication? The neshama has no faculties, has no way to really understand the different parts within the person. But once we're saying the neshama also has a highest prati, in the neshama we're not going to go into, but then in the neshama, all of this is completely indivisible. It's an etzim echad, as we've been discussing. It's a total unified oneness, but nonetheless, there has to be some type of shaykhis to the different parts of the body. And that, what's that shaykhis? It's because even within the shaman has all the tariyah shaykhis within it in a completely unified and a, pashit, a unified etzem echad pashit way. And therefore, what happens within the body is also notified to some level to the neshama. At least to how the neshama is malubish in the body. Either way, that's that's what's happening within uh, the highest prati. The highest prati is the, the the energy that goes according to each individual limb, and what it does is it makes that limb also a reflection of the neshama. That this is how the neshama is going to be seen. This is how the neshama the neshama wants to see. The neshama wants to hear. Therefore, the person doesn't just have a, a general identity and a, a general knowledge of what's going on with the body. It knows what's going on. It knows the capabilities of each part of the body and each limb of the body. It knows when the body is tired or when it's exhausted or when it has extra energy. It knows everything that's going on. If it was a highest kololi, you wouldn't know all the different parts that are going. It would just be, do what needs to be done. Here's your body. Here's the energy. Go do what needs to be done. But there wouldn't be any reflection within the body to know what's um, going on, I, you know, I think there's even sometimes it could be 
within a, sometimes different types of disabilities that when a person has some type of different types of nerve, nerve damage, that even when parts of the body are working and it's still alive and maybe it can even move, but you don't feel the pain. You don't feel what's going on with that part of the body. And that, of course, doesn't give the proper messages back to the brain. So when we're talking about in our Veda, what that means is that the, each limb also works on what it needs to, needs to be done. Um, so let's give an example in Aveda. So we know that the, the Alta Rebbe, Megalachas is Chabad, Seichel, its Indian is to be toifist, to grasp all the different details and sides of a particular Seichel, to particular muscle, and it identifies with that particular Seichel. It becomes one with it. And eventually by coming, identifying, becoming one with it, that's able to change who the person is and it's able to affect his, his koichis. For example, I'm going to give you two examples. One of them is from a Yoyim This is a Yoyim of of uh, Tasalo. So there it says that when something is Negea to you, you're able to think like the greatest Ga'inim. As, uh, as it's known, that how, why is it that the Gemara and the Rishonim and the Pais can discuss all the different scenarios that, that could happen with a shifcha who is a nida, even though she's not shy to all this guyness, it's because when something is negated to you, you will come up with amazing seichel. So this is an example that when something is negated to your essence, something which is negated to your chida, it affects even a particular kaya. It's not affecting all of your body. You're able to focus and eat on, even on the seichel itself. Let's give another example. This is uh, let's say uh, we're talking about puf nafesh before. But the fourth nefesh we were discussing before is on the moment. There's an adrenaline rushing, it's pumping through you, it's going through the whole body. But let's say it's a fourth nefesh, which is long-term. You know, it's, it's a war that's going on, and this battle can be lasting for years and years. So the fourth nefesh is not pumping through your entire body for three, four years. But what it does is, it's able to also focus itself on particular parts. So for example, if it's negated to your, for, for the seichel, it would be, you'll be able to strategize better. The Pekuch Nefesh, you know, this is relevant for you, your country, your family, your brain will start working better. If you're a foot soldier, you'll train with that knowledge. This is Negev to my family, so you're going to be training that, you know, will affect specifically the parts of your body which is relevant to it. So these are the two ideas of Chais Kloli, Chais Prati, and when the, 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 the essence of the person is revealed, it could affect, depending on the situation, it could affect the Chais Kloli, you know, as I said, the Pekuch Nefesh of the moment, and then the Abder HaBal Shemtiv is that the person in his general capacity focuses on doing what Hashem wants. But it could also affect each individual Kayach in, in a very powerful way. That, that it's changing it Bepnimius. So by the Kayach's Kloli, let's say, the reason why you're doing everything, you're thinking better, you're doing things with more energy, you're doing with more Simcha, more Ava, more Yira, is not because of the Ava, the Yira, the Seichel itself. It's because of the Amuna. So because of that, Muna, that gives more energy into everything that you're doing because you believe in it. And everything is really, to a certain extent, a reflection of your, of your neshama. Therefore, you're going to be working harder in all the different parts of it. But it's not that they themselves are changing in a panemius. Therefore, for example, if, God forbid, a person has a day where he doesn't have that amuna, his mind and everything would automatically, and all the different parts of him that were working to a certain uh, high level of Avedus Hashem, would automatically just jump back to what it was initially because it never changed the pepinimis. It was because of an external factor which was changing it. External, not external, which is interesting. It's external because it wasn't changing the pepinimis. It was 
it was a, it was something which was makif, which was giving it life. So even though the idea of chayas, as we're saying by its very definition, is that it becomes one, but even this becoming one, it's becoming one in just in a kolalistic way. It's not changing, it's not becoming one in a pneumis, it's becoming one in a kolalistic way. Therefore, if that leaves, it stays what it is. But when it's becoming one in a pratheistic way, meaning as in, 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 in a pneumistic way, changing each limb according to what it is, that means that the, the limb itself was already developed. You de- so, the, so therefore, the seichel is going to be much more developed, even on its own. And, and then such an individual, you can imagine, you know, let's say the soldier that's preparing for war for years, when he finally steps on the, the battlefield, he's a totally different soldier than a soldier that's not been trained. I, they both have this kuch nefesh. They're both going to be thinking faster, working harder, working smarter. True, they both will have that kais kolali, which is going to, the adrenaline, which is going to be. But by the trained soldier, especially the trained soldier that's been training with, you know, as I said, the kuch nefesh that's been working in him the entire period of time that he knows this is his first family and the v'chulu v'chulu, he honed his skills in a pratistic way. And therefore, it's developed also mitzad itself. So the combination, the highest chloe and the highest protein in such a situation, will be, it's a totally different level than just someone that has the highest chloe. Uh, so therefore, we can see that there's, even though the pashtas, an individual can think that what's the greater maila, of course, a person can think that the greater maila is the gil of the tars because it's revealing the highest chloe which is a much greater reflection of the neshama. It doesn't have any types of limitations. It's the neshama revealing all of its power. Masha'in came when you're looking at Chabad, which is working on the more pratistic levels. Like working on the more pratistic levels, then it's, of course, much more limited. First of all, it has to be limited according to, to, to that particular limb. And, of course, that limb doesn't even have that same level of bitl. It's not giving itself completely up. Uh, to survive at the highest quality. If you're working with the particular limb, that means you're working within the confines of that particular limb. So, it, so there is going to be uh, more limitation there. But on the other hand, it's dafke when you're working also with the protein that it's misbat of the shleimus the highest manish. That even it's sad that inyan protein nimsich durchen ganzen the highest nefesh. That you're completely overwhelmed and the highest nefesh doesn't just. Uh, become one with you in a general way, but the chais and nefesh is even able to become one with you in a pratistic way. And, and this is explained uh, also in other places in Chassidus, especially the Kuntras and Yonah Shatarsa Chassidus. So it says over there, in the 18th Sif, where it's, we know that Chassidus had different milas pratis, so how it changes the Tavimidaisav, and it's, it, it allows it to do Hidden Mitzvah, many different milas that have, but the essence is that it's the pneumius, uh, it, it, that, it's, it, that it's one with Hashem, that it's the mahus of Taira. But he says, what is the hayra that something is an atzmi? So the hayra that something is an atzmi is really, it has two parts to it. On one hand, that it is how it is for itself, as we've been discussing, but there's also a second aspect, is that it's able to be mafafeya, it's able to become mixed with everything. Like as we're saying, the neshama. On one hand, it's the, it, the essence of the neshama always remains what it truly is, but it's the atzim of the person because it's able to be It's able to come to every single part of who the person is and change it according to what the neshama is. And that's why the mashal of chasidus is always oil. 
because oil also has those two qualities that it always remains separate. On the other hand, it completely pervades everything that it comes in contact with. So he says, Apida Kalam, that nods Khilasim Saifan Dafka. So whatever whenever Chasidis, when it goes to a lower level, as Chasidis is Nimshach to a lower and lower level until the transformation of the Tevaha Nepesh Bahamas itself, but that the Tevanach Bahamas is the Kutz, the most external part of the, of the person. And he says even more than that. The bureau of his chalkabailam, which is even outside of the person, that's mispata more the inyan of the etzem of his mahus. Therefore, the Fidu Karabeba was mad many hasifis, that the kol, the all the, the entire union of lunar chasidis needs to become bapaya. Because the avoid the papaya, that's when that's what's typhus the mahus of chasidis. Because if you only have the husam of chasidis, but it doesn't change you are in Pratin, that means you're not really getting the essence of what chasidis is. The essence of chasidis is is that is that every part of who you are that is really one with Hashem. The essence of Hasidus is that all the parts of the Torah are really one with Hashem, or is the essence of Hashem. Every part of, of, of a Yid is one with Hashem. All the aspects of the world is just there for you to make a dirvatah time. So when that's revealed, it has to be revealed. The more you're able to reveal that within the Pratim, that's revealing more this idea of the essence of Hashem. That the essence of Hashem doesn't need to just remain in a general way. But the essence of Hashem is really revealed in the Pratim. That's the greater Chiddush. Because the Pashas, you would think that the essence of Hashem needs to remain in a Klaw. Because Hashem is Pashat, the Taklas of Shittas. There's, like there's, there's simplicity to it. There's no details. So therefore, it looks like it, when Hashem would be with Mizgala, it's just everything will come in his battle. Hashem. When the Yechidah of the Hashem is in battle, all the parts of the person become this battle. They just battle themselves to the person. Whatever, whatever the Yechidah wants, we will, we will do. But the true idea of Yechidah is not that it's this battle everything. Yechidah is that it's the essence of each part of who you are. That the Torah is the essence of the world. Hashem is the essence of the world, and that's the ultimate purpose. And when that's revealed, even in my Pile, something which is outside of the individual. So it's not that shows and expresses the most how everything is truly one with Hashem. And that's why that explains, he also says what it says, Brasi Yitzhahara, Brasi Leitara Tavlin. It created the Yitzhahara and created the Torah Tavlin. He's saying the purpose of the Torah that was created was for a Tavlin. It's just the spice to be able to change, to change the Yitzhahara. The Torah is so much greater than the Yitzhahara. So, but he says, what, but he says, this is moving. He says, the essence of the Torah, of course, is that it's one with Hashem. It wasn't made for any particular purpose. When we're saying that, that Brasi Yitzhahara, Brasi Leitara Tavlin, what it means is that how, what reveals, what expresses that the Torah is one with Hashem's essence, what expresses is that it's a tablet for the Yitzhahara, because the spice doesn't destroy the food. The tr- spice is able to transform a food to make a good. So if, what this, so the Torah has the capability to change the Yitzhahara that it becomes transformed to good. What has that capability to take something that looks the exact opposite of the Torah, and nonetheless show that it's truly one with the Torah? That's the essence of Hashem. So the essence of Hashem shows you how even the Yetzirah is truly one with Hashem. That's the greatest level of, of, of Yichud, that even the Pratim are, are, are part of Hashem. It's not that the Klal nullifies the Pratim, but it's able to reveal the Pratim are also part of Hashem. So how are you able to change the Yetzirah and make it into a, a Taiv? It's because the Yetzirah also, Bepnimi Yusay, is also part of Hashem. And maybe just to give one last muscle and uh, we'll call it a day, and you know what, then I'll, I'll just connect it to the Parsha, and then we'll call it a day, is a, a mashal from Chassidus. It talks about a rav and a Talmud. So when you have a rav, imagine you have a rav, genius, uh, hired, and then you have a Talmud that's never learned any, any, anything ever. 
He's never gone to school, not educated. He's literally a caveman. So when you have this uh, great Rav, as expert in all fields, now he has to explain a deep concept to this very, very simple caveman. Uh, how is he supposed to connect? They, they, they have no connection. They don't connect intellectually. They have, weren't brought up in the same way. They really have, they don't even know the same type of animals. So they really, there's very little for them to be able to connect. So how, how does this Rav able to connect his great seichel that he needs to give to him? So what he needs to do is, he needs to stop. He needs to stop what he's doing. He needs to completely battle himself or, or, or stop thinking. And what he does is he connects to the atzen of his seichel. The etzim of his seichel, which with, through connecting to the essence of who he is, maybe even more than that, the etzim of who he is, he's able to find the connection between him and that caveman. Once he finds that connection between him and the caveman, then he's able to be choyzer umeir. And he gives over one little light. There's the eagle, there's the kav, he gives over one little light. But that one little light that he gives over connects directly to that individual. So what happens with the Rav? So he hides most of the seichel. He hides everything for a moment. Then, even what, then he connects to this individual. And he keeps most of what he knows hidden. And what he does give him is a little light. But within that light that he gave him actually has the entire seichel within it. So the question is, wait a second. How is he able to connect to this individual? That's A. And B, how is it that in the, the, the muscle or, or the little light that he gave him, that he's, how does that have the entire seichel within it? So the Vartis explanation is because when you're talking about just Seichel, there's a lot of limitations. How is he going to connect? They don't have the same backgrounds. But when we're talking about the etzim of the individual, so the etzim of your, the etzim of who you are and the etzim of who he is, is true, is that you truly are one. Therefore, you could always connect to someone else. So when you connect to the essence of you and the, connect, the essence of who he is, you're able to find some type of connection. And because of that connection, you're also able to find since there's no limitations over there, how you can give him the entire seichel in a totally different way. So you give him a, a, a seichel in a way that makes sense to him. So to him, how he's grasping it, he just knows the mashal. But the rav, when he's looking at the mashal, he can see the entire seichel which is there. And, and that's really what we're talking about over here. When we're talking about uh, the Gilead Hasidus uh, in general, especially the, the Gilead Terz Hasidus uh, of Chabad, is that when you're able, what, what's happening is, Chassidus is revealing to us how we're one with Hashem. It's connecting to us like the like this Chacham is connecting to the Talmud, who's two totally different wavelengths. It's because you're showing how you're truly one, and then therefore you're able to show some common denominators and, and work with that. So what's happening with Chassidus is it reveals how we are truly one with Hashem, and it shows how the world is truly one with Hashem. And once that's revealed, then you're able to find the common denominator, how Hashem and the world are one, and therefore how Hashem could be expressed and revealed in the world in a way that the world could be able to grasp it. it the, the Torah could come in a way of a mashal, mashal hakad maini, that it could come into the way into this world, and the world, with all of the, the different details of the world, will be able to take the Torah in a primius and change uh, the world as the world is, both in the Chais Kuali and the Chais Prophet. And this connects to this week's parsha, because this week's parsha talks about the mitzvah bekurim, and it says over there by mitzvah kapurim, When you come into the land, you'll come and you'll inherit it and you'll live within it. So, uh, so uh, the rabbi explains 
that the word Kisavai on its own already means that you come into something completely. Ryan Kuman and Gansen. Like, for example, when you go to the mikra, you have to go, you need to have bias mind, you need to come into the water. Even if one hair is sticking out of the water, um, you didn't fulfill your obligation. So the idea of bia means coming in completely. So when the Pasik adds virashli vishaftaba, it means to add something. That it means after Yerusha, uh, after they divided up the land, and they conquered the land and divided that up. So it needs to be a complete yisiyashtus. So kisavai means coming into Eretz Yisrael. Then when it says in the end of the Pasik, yirashli vishaftaba means after the 14 years of division and, and, uh, and, and inheriting and conquering the land, that's when you have the complete settling. So these are the two levels that we've been talking about. By the Baal Shem Tev, you had the first level. You came into Eretz Yisrael. But you didn't have the second level. There's still, there's still constant conflict, right? Because all the different parts of the person hasn't really changed. There's still the conflict within him. His seichel hasn't changed. His midas hasn't truly changed. Yes, it's inside of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore it's permeated with that energy, but it hasn't really changed on its own. Therefore, there's not that complete hisyashvus because the person as an individual is still different than what the mission is. But after the 14 years of, of, of kibush and chiluk, that's like the void of the Alter Rebbe, where even the panemius of the person, the chachma, the midas, all the different parts of him have also changed and become uh, in a way of hisyashvus and a way of unity with Hashem. And uh, this is also the pshat, which the Tanya starts off, that there's two derachim, there's the arucha, ksar, ksar, barucha, and uh, what's the pshat that one way is long, short, and other short and long? So the short, long way means that you come into the city, but there's many gardens and pardesim. You're in the city, but there's constantly things that are disturbing you. You can't be completely miyushiv. You might be in there, but you're not in a house, in a normal street, with everything that you need. You're in the city, for sure, but there's things that are constantly disturbing you. So that's like the avoidah, the Baal Shem Tev. you're in the city, you, you're able to survive in the city, you're there, you're, you're in a place where it's uh, a land of Eretz Yisrael, you're in the city, you have everything that you need, but on the other hand, you're not because you're not completely inside of the city, meaning that there's things that are, there's constant obstacles that you have to fight with, because you haven't truly changed. But when you go in this other way, which is the long, short way, meaning is that you're working also with all the different parts of you, the Chachma, Bina, the Das, then you are com- completely into the city. So it's taka longer, but it's shorter because you're there in Gansan. And once you're there, you're a complete siyashkus because your seichel is working to connect the Shem, that your seichel wants to connect the Shem. Your emotions are, 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 are united. I shouldn't say you want to connect, are united with the Shem. Every part of you is united with the Shem. The desire of the seichel is to understand more. The, the desire of the emotions is to feel more. The desire of the actions is to do more. And therefore, the, the, all the aspects of Hasidus the Shana Tevimidaisa, to, to do things with Hidur Mitzvah, all of this is something that you want as an individual. Your body wants to do it. And that's the ultimate purpose of Chassidus Chabad, is that it's, not, it's, it's that every part of you is unified with Hashem, and every part of you is demanding and saying, Eino Movadri. 